Hello and welcome to a live edition of the BCSN app. I'm Brian Fulford. Could be partially delayed. Brian Fulford, and that's AD Drew. <laughs> AD Drew. Yep. He might be running live. <laughs> you look like that new uh, 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 commercial. You know the one. Uh, is, is it all state commercial where the guy is uh, talking about the internet at home and your internet decides to go spotty? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well, what you look like mayhem look, right now. Mayhem, nice. Uh, you know, this, the sad <laughs> part is, and, and so, look, they're, they're not paying us any money here, but I'm, I'm using, you know, I'm using a particular cell phone services, 5G internet. And they claim, well, they owe you, you know, about four claim, more G's. <laughs> yeah, they owe <laughs> me about four G's, and uh, I may have to contact them uh, again. And I'm trying to avoid going to the the uh, named cable company, but I may just have to go. Man, I, I I don't know what's going on here, uh, and it always seems about hours of the show. Maybe we just need to change start. Times on these shows, Drew. Maybe, but it's a me problem, not you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you recognize. Yeah, yeah, problem. So, uh, bear with me, folks. See, uh, hopefully, you know, good show for you as the internet holds up. But, uh, we'll, we'll see how it affects session. Usually, go. Uh, uh, it'll it'll get better. Hopefully. Kind of old engine, uh, you know. Once it gets rolling, won't have a chance to warm up, you know. But that, you know, the sad part—it's not how the internet's supposed to work, is it, Drew? We all understand no. that part, right? That's not how it's no, supposed to work. Uh, no, so no, hey, no. look. Um, obviously, yeah, it's the holiday weekend. It's the King Holiday weekend, and uh, for many of us educators, we are. Uh, and there's no work tomorrow. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll find a way to keep ourselves occupied and busy. Go on about today. Uh, big, big weekend, big Saturday in HBCU, Drew. Uh, and, and this is our favorite time of year. Obviously, it's two basketball guys and early conference slate. 
We've already got some upsets. Uh, we're only two weeks in to our HBCU, BCC, and top fives. And, and we've got the number one teams that won. Uh, we had some big, significant winning streaks uprooted. So plenty to talk about in today's show. Uh, we've also got, uh, I'm going to call it Coaches Gone Wild, Drew. Maybe that's the only <laughs> thing I can call it. Coaches Gone Wild. I'll leave it at that. Is, we'll is talk it Coach about is or is one particular coach? One particular coach on social media. And, uh, man, I tell you, he is lighting up, up the inch right now. All, all of uh, you sports and media is a buzz right now. And I, I just, I don't want it to stop. You know, I, it's, it's entertaining. Yes, it's sad. It's like watching a, you know, an accident on the side of the road. It's sad, but step away for a second. Put that, put that feeling of sadness to the side, and you just shake your head, and maybe you might laugh a little bit. I don't know. That, that's just me. I have a weird sense of humor, so um that's that's just me but uh we'll talk about ed reed and and a couple of rants that he's been on in the past 24 hours not even a full 24 hours and he's fired off some epic i guess they're tiktoks or or instagram posts instagram lives uh, so we'll talk about that second hour our good friend jamie walker would join us for the first time in 2023 north carolina a&t state making some moves recently they uh, just had their press conference uh you know announcing the new head coach and also uh, some interesting statements coming out of ant drew regarding their plans for the future and what they're going to do to 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 raise uh funds and raise of their budgets so they are at the competitive level in the Colonial Athletic Association, and I, I love it. I love hearing kind of news. Um, wishing my alma mater would, would do these type of things, but uh, we're we're getting there. We're getting there, you know. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, maybe even share a little news uh, with the new AD about the new AD. Some new ADs all over the place, Drew. I mean, it's a uh, twenty twenty three. I mean, the, the 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 female administrators are of uh, it's a, it's a, it's a real thing now. I think if we did a roll call, Drew, on just the number of women leading sports leagues and university athletic departments, um, I would say we're we're trending towards, I don't know, maybe the thirty-five percent mark, maybe forty. Uh, it feels pretty we're significant. We're trending in the right know. direction. Whichever yeah. however you want to frame, but we are trending in the right direction. Yeah, I, I'd love to hear from anybody who actually done the math and the numbers. I mean, obviously, we know that among the, the major sports leagues, uh, conferences, uh, we've got uh, in place three of the five are women. And uh, in terms of the schools, uh, we, you know, again, I know Central State recently. Uh, just hired somebody, uh, Hampton, I believe, just hired somebody or at least came in as an interim. And so, and of course, them started uh, at the beginning of January. Uh, a South female, Carolina State. Uh, 
Oh, North Carolina. Who? who? South South Carolina State. You know, uh, they're they have a female. Uh, don't forget about uh, out at Langston, Danita. What is uh, Danita's last name? She's been there for a long time as athletic director. I said, South, yeah, at Langston, out at Langston. So she might be the senior most of the female administrators that we have. That's just going off the top of my okay. head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, look, I, you know, the, the Buzz uh, Fish University. Uh, we'll on full display in Athens, Georgia, tomorrow on MLK Day as uh, the Fish Gymnastics women uh, gymnastics team is back on the mat at the University of Georgia. But there's a second school that's entering uh, into the uh, gymnastics space. So we'll talk about uh, that college and university here coming up as well. So talk about plenty to talk about plenty to talk about hopefully we can get all to it i want to remind you if you're watching the show please go ahead and hit up that facebook twitter and instagram page at my bts on the number one uh if you're already tuned in uh go ahead and hit that thumbs up button hit the like subscribe and uh download the jericho broadcast networks app on the google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN, so you can find it. And always check out the podcast, uh, later replays of all of our shows in audio format uh, on the BCSN Pod Zone. All right, Drew, you ready to talk about some streaks that came to an end over the weekend? We talked about team streaking, not people streaking, right? You remember that back in the 70s Team and 80s streaky. when people decided, yes. decided to streak? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I, okay, look, how do I say this? Is that a uh, is that a Eurocentric Caucasian thing? I, or is, I, do you see many African American? I don't care. I can't recall seeing an African American streaker. I, I don't remember seeing one. Can you recall seeing one at all or hearing about one at all? No. Or do that, we just chalk that up to something they do that we don't do? That's something that if we, if we have been known to do it, we don't brag about it. Hey, I got I got arrested yesterday for running down the street butt naked. <laughs> you know, we don't say we don't say, oh, well, bro, you crazy. You might. You might want to go apply for a check. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, I, again, I, I, it's something I, I'm gonna try to walk, something. You might walk around the house like that, but not a, not, not, no. Yeah. So yeah, no, no. We're talking, we're talking teams. All good streaks <laughs> come to an end, and uh, Jackson State women and uh, their basketball program. Not too many times that. You get a, a sports show that'll lead off uh, with with women, but uh, it's been the most impressive streak for quite some time, and it deserves all of the flowers and props that uh, it, it deserves. Uh, coming into Saturday's contest on the road, mind you, against Prairie View A&M, Jackson State, 3-0 and in conference play. They had won four in a row in general. Um, and going into the fourth quarter, had a 47 to 41 lead. And then the Preview AM Panthers just shot the lights out of the ball. Uh, outscored them 28 to 18. 
in the fourth quarter alone. Um, Jackson, you know, when you go back and look at the box score of this game, Drew, the only significant thing, I mean, it was a pretty even ball game. And the only significant thing, of course, outside of the 28 to 18 in the fourth quarter, turnovers. Jackson State committed 27 turnovers. Uh, Prairie View committed 11. But then what, what what do you always think of? After turnovers, you always go to look at points off of turnovers. Steals. Well, I go to steals and steals, then points off of turnovers. Because steals are live ball turnovers, which lead to points off of turnovers. Because you don't you usually don't get static points off of turnovers if you throw the ball out of bounds or get called for a travel. Okay, well, the steals, I, well, I, you know what? Okay, check the steals. Um, I'm kind of glancing back to take a peek at them, but I can tell you the points off turnover. There was no advantage, really. Bad. I mean, Prairie View, I think, had like 17 points off turnovers, but Jackson State had 13 off a of turnover. So there wasn't a gained advantage. They four points and you lose by four. I, I get it. You can say it. But, but it didn't seem to me that statistically that the key point uh preview had four players when i go and look at the box score they had four players in double figures a a low number uh a low number of players in double figures as i, as I reopen my page here and look at the score uh in in the contest from the other night uh jackson state was led by uh, Jariah Covington, who had 22 points off the bench in 33 minutes played. Um, again, Preview had players in double figures. Three of them had 12 points, and the other had 10. Uh, then they had a couple players with uh, six points, one with seven. So really balanced scoring. And you were asking about the steals, Drew. Preview had 14 steals contest, 14 steals. Jackson State only had seven. So there's your there's your, your yeah, key stat. There's yeah, your key. here's your key difference. Um, you know, but all, all in all, the shooting, I mean, Jackson State went line 33 times. They were 25 of 33 at the free throw line. Uh preview went to the free throw line 24 times. I always I always like to look at the the team that makes more free throws than the other team attempted, which in this case, Jackson State made more free throws than Prairie View attempted. Prairie View was 16 of 24 uh, from the line. Jackson State shot better from the field than Prairie View. Um, you know, the three points are the same. Again, you know, where did you win and lose the ball game, Drew? I don't know. I mean, maybe those four points off of turnovers – was the difference in the ball game. Uh, so what does that mean for Jackson State's streak? And now, I like to look at this, Drew. There's two ways you can look at this streak that Jackson State was on. They were on a 40-game SWAC game streak, meaning 40 consecutive SWAC games. That's regular season and tournament streak 40. comes to an end. 40. 40 games. 40. 4 zero. Want to make sure we Four, put that? zero. Because your internet's a little choppy. I want to make sure everybody understands that. Four, zero. <laughs> Thank that's you. going to be called. Thir call that's my, 34. My that's 34. Regular season. Regular season games. 
plus six six tournament games to equal the 40. Yep, the last loss uh, was January 4th, 2021. Uh, just uh, two years and, uh, what, 11 days. Two years and 11 days ago. That was the last time Jackson State and head coach Tamika Reed uh, had lost a game, and that, too, was also on the road. So let that be something, a significant note. And pop quiz, does anyone know who that last opponent was? Don't say it, Drew. I know you know. But let's see if anybody out I there – I know you. I know you know. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, that last back in 2021 was a a, a great contest. Uh, that they lost to uh, to the Hornets of Alabama State. And um, so, Jackson State can speak because now, where were we going to add? Go ahead. I was going to say, what, what was amazing about that loss, if we remember, that went back to the COVID year of 2021, and Alabama State did not play any non-conference games uh, games. They went directly into SWAC play, and that was their second SWAC game of the year. It was a home game for them, and they defended their home court, knocked Jackson State off for basically the only loss in over two. This is only their second loss in two, over two calendar years, Brian. Right. Right. Good. Good point on that one. Good point on that. Um. So yeah, they uh, that was pretty pretty significant, very uh, very significant um, moment there. So uh, Jackson State Preview now moves into a tie for first place now, and we'll kind of come back a little bit later, circle back and talk about the um, the standings for the women. Uh, let's go to the second big headline. Second big headline. This one on the men's side. And this one was a 19-game home winning streak. 19 home winning streak that came to an end for the Norfolk State Spartans. Although it came, it was a bit controversial. Bit controversial there at the end of the ball game. And uh, Drew, uh, let me see. Do you have the video of of this ready? Let's. Those of you who are watching, yes, we, we've got the video. So let me let me set this up for. For those who are maybe watching it later and you don't have the audio uh, or you don't have the video uh, version of this, uh, um, I'm going to kind of here go to the uh, Spartans.com page. Uh, Norfolk State's Joe Jr. with a very nice move, which you'll see here in just a moment. Uh, and read the, read how, read the word play here in this article from NSU Spartans, right? Norfolk State's Joe Bryant Jr. asked gracefully for an acrobatic go-ahead basket with 1.4 seconds left to play. But as you'll see from the video, <laughs> pretty interesting from that point. Turn it over to our producer, A.D. Drew. With live video, uh, courtesy of who? Who was it on Twitter that we pulled this video from? Great sideline David, work there, David Hall, VP. All right, David Hall, VP. Nice job on the camera work, David. Here we go. Let's watch. 
Nice spin move to the basket. The celebration. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's see watch that again. again here. Pay attention watch to the again. clock, How about the, how about the play? Right corner. Great, great spin the move. Clock. Let's the basket. Couple people said there may have been a travel on the drive. I did not see a travel on I the didn't drive. See a travel. Great spin. Nice spin move. One, quick one, two. A very athletic play. Now, okay, so I'll finish reading the article. But an ensuing technical foul on the Spartans bench sent Howard to the line for the tying and winning free throws referring to drew is if you notice celebration there were some guys in yellow shirts that came running from the right towards the base i think we have another angle which shows that if we if we okay. have another angle which shows what led to the technical wait a minute let's show this steel frame on this one first all right, let's show the steel frame on this. Okay, lots of it, lots of things going on. Is this the steel frame after the bucket? Okay, so yeah, yeah, the bucket has scored. Now, if you look right underneath the basket, okay, there's some guys in yellow shirts. Well, where they come from? Let's look at the replay. Watch the guys in yellow oh, shirts. Uh oh, uh oh, guys in yellow shirts coming from off the bench. Off the bench, off the bench. Why are these guys coming? There's more guys coming off the bench. Oh, my goodness. There's the referee trying to stop all the madness that's going on at the bottom. It's chaos there uh, at Echoes Arena, and the Spartans are going wild. There's a guy that's standing there on, their, on the baseline stanchion as well. What's he doing? Anyway, that was the technical foul that was called oh, for a, players let's, leaving let's the bench. Let's take a look at it from this angle, Brian. All right, another angle. Here's another angle after the game-winning shot, or we thought, the game-winning shot by Joe Beer. Oh, this is great. This is great. A guy in the corner. Great inbound. There's Bryant going to the bucket. Score. Oh, wait a minute. There's a guy. There's two, three guys that just ran in front of the official. Holy cow. Watch the official going to the bucket. Thirty-one. He's already left the bench. There goes a couple other guys that leave the bench area. Unbelievable. One last time. Now notice there's official here. There's the official. You'll see him coming to the right side, right there. There's the official. Who was that who just ran in front of the official? Wait a minute. Who are these guys that just ran in front of the official, Drew? Are those guys off the bench? Holy cow. And how much time was left on the clock? 1.2 seconds, I believe. All right. So technical foul is called. And uh, 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 and I, that video, I saw this, I Go ahead. Oh, you were saying you were going to give credit to who that video came yeah. from. So go I was going to give it. I was going to give credit to that one because we didn't put the graphic up on the screen. I've got to find it. That one is courtesy of HBCU League Pass. 
That's courtesy of HBCU League Pass. That last video was courtesy of HBCU League Pass. They re, they they tweeted that video out. Okay, so that must have been the one that captured that moment. Um, yeah. Well, so a couple things to unravel here, Drew, um, because uh, Coach Robert Jones, none too happy how that all played out at the end of the game. And, you know, I'm just going to read Coach Tweet, which uh, this is a coach sending it out about uh, 8.04 p.m. Saturday night. You know, it's never a good thing when you jump on Twitter after you've had a don't game. Mad. That, don't mad tweet. Yes, yes. Not a good thing to eat. Uh, <laughs> so Coach says, in my 22 years of coaching, I have never, uh, excuse me, 20, I want to read it right. In my 20 years of coaching, I will have never decided a game, but if you live long enough, you will experience everything. It happened tonight, exclamation point. If game or watched, you know what I'm talking about, exclamation point, take it, exclamation Now. What what is Coach talking about, Drew? Does does he feel like he was wronged? He he feels like there was there was something wrong here. I think he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, you know, one particular commenter, uh, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Roop Ward, love the name Roop Ward, uh, <laughs> back at Coach and says, Coach, that's the craziest thing I've heard all day. The actual your exclamation all kind. Letter, put the refs in a position to have to make that call. If there is no storming of the court with time remaining, there is no call. Funny how you don't mention giving up a 20-point lead. Well, no, I mean, come on. I mentioned that in the heat of the moment. Uh, and uh, so Coach Jones replies, good first win in the last 10 attempt. Hats off to the Bison. They Played solid, but it has nothing to do with them. If you are being objective and watch and or coach or play college basketball, here it is, Drew. And this is why I love bringing you on and why you get a chance to talk about this. A call like that never happened anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country, all caps. Enjoy the win. Uh, now, AD Drew, folks, for full disclosure, has been a high school and college official. For about 20-something years now, Drew, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Yes, so, Drew, I want years. you to pull out the referee whistle and shirt, and let's break this play down. Explain to the people all of the all of the intricacies of what you were watching as you watched the video replay. And then, also, you brought up something really good because you had to go back into – the play-by-plays to find out something very interesting about that moment in the game. So I turn it over to the official AD Drew. Make sure I get my get camera, camera right. squared away. <laughs> get your camera, camera squared away. away. Yeah, get your camera right. Get your camera right. And it, I'm going to say this in advance, Brian. Excuse me if if I start nerding out on the official language during this uh, explanation and rant. Please feel free to cut me off, Brian, because I may I may nerd out a little bit on this. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'll reel you back in. 
Okay. There are three officials on the basketball court for a collegiate basketball game. Everybody, everybody knows that. What people do not know is each one of those officials actually has a specific assignment, especially in that play that's coming down to the wire. Just like those teams called a timeout and designed that play, designed their defense, the officials tend to get together and huddle up and make sure in that situation that everyone knows what their primary responsibility is, what their secondary responsibility is, and what you may be able to offer information on. There are three different levels. Just like if you were on that play, Brian, and you were a defender, you know who your primary your primary uh, offensive guy that you're defending and you know you've got you know you've got help on the secondary so just kind of keeping on a uh on a sports analogy all right you had the official inbounding the ball you have the one that was opposite of the play you've got two officials on on the ball side one inbounding the ball one on the baseline or the end line depends on what language you like to use then you've got what's called the center official which is the c which is the one opposite the one by himself that c official specifically has the clock so when that ball goes through the basket the first thing his he his eyes are trained to do is find the clock, see how much time is left on the clock. For for and in college basketball, we know the clock stops after every made basket. Correct, Brian? Yes. Okay, but sometimes yes. because people are running these clocks manually and they get caught up in the excitement of the game, they may not stop that clock or may not stop it on time. The official at that point in time has the right to put time back on the clock and make that adjustment if necessary. All right, that's number one. Number two, the other thing that those officials know, need to know is what is the timeout situation at that point in time? This is what I went back to the play-by-play -play to find out. Howard, the team who that was scored on, how many timeouts did they have left? From what I was able to deduct off of the play-by-play, -play, Norfolk had two timeouts. Howard had zero at that point. So, the reason the timeouts are important is that trail official who inbounded the ball after after he referees the play, make sure there are no fouls and travels and double dribbles and everything else, then his job is to take a quick glance at Howard's bench to see if that coach is calling a timeout while listening verbally for the timeout from that Howard bench. Well, actually from either bench at that point in time. But he's primarily concerned about Howard because they're they're the team that that's trailing. And then if both coaches call a timeout, then obviously you won't you you have to determine which one called it first. The reason why I know that Howard had no timeouts is well, noted this because Howard had no timeouts. So that's one thing he does not have to worry about is listening for Howard's timeouts, which leads to number three and why this was a bad thing for Norfolk State. The fact that Howard did not have a timeout 
there was no reason for that play to be stopped except mm -hmm. for the fact that you had players leaving the bench and running on to the court. I'll go get to your question in just a second, Dr. Cavill. I just saw your question pop up. Thank you for uh, listening and tuning in, Dr. Cavill. The fact that those players ran onto the court and prevented Howard from inbounding the ball, mm -hmm. that is why the technical foul was called. In addition to just the simple fact, six players on the court. Now, Dr. Cavill just asked a very good question. Go ahead. Let me ask let me ask a question because it wasn't just now before you go into answering his question. There were okay. also there were also uh, fans, or appears to be, looks like some fans got into the excitement and found themselves from the left sideline to where Joe Bryant fell by the basket stanchion. Care to talk about? Add that in there into the conversation as you talk about what happened going forward. Court control or crowd control is responsibility of the home team. In this case, that was that was Norfolk's sake. So those fans coming onto the court, just like the players coming onto the court, are technically the responsibility of the head coach by rule. Now, the head coach passes, it, it, it goes to home team administration, but the only way that you can adjudicate that is against the head coach in that situation. Also, once again, that is that could be a technical foul call for those fans being on the court and disrupting the flow of the game. Now, some people may ask, why not a delay of game in this instance? Because there is a delay of game rule. Unfortunately, that does not fall under the one one of the four categories in which you can issue a delay of game. Those four categories for delay of game warning are water on the court. Let's see if I can remember all four of them. I know you've got water on the court. You've got breaking the plane on, on an inbound, huddling, take take huddling and take it too long at 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 the free throw area. Those uh three there's, there's the basketball one other. out of the net. Yes, throwing the throwing the basketball out of that, not let it come at the disposal of the inbounded team. Those are the four areas in which a delay of game warning can be issued. That did not fall up under those four categories. Henceforth, the technical foul was called. Why is it a two-shot technical foul instead of a one-shot? technical file because and the rule may have changed but uh over the last couple of years because they have changed some of the technical file rules over the last couple of years but i believe that goes as an administrative excuse me that goes as an unsportsman technical file which means that is a two-shot file or is a class one technical file as they like to call uh classified as a class one technical file which are which are two shots and the two shots. Now, what I have to, what I, what I do not remember, and I'll be perfectly uh, honest with say with this, I do not remember if it's two shots at the point of interruption 
or two shots at the ball. That I would have to look up. But it is a technical foul. And I could probably go to the play-by-play and see how they adjudicate that. I'm on it. Whether it was, I'm on what, it. Uh, who, so who had the ball after the technical foul? Uh, Howard. Well, so because, two shots. because But Howard had the ball anyway. Norfolk State so had to commit, right. Well, Norfolk State had to commit a foul. So it goes, it goes after the jumper by Bryant. You have a foul tech by Norfolk State. Then uh, Elijah Hawkins makes two free throws to now give Howard a one-point lead. Then Norfolk State calls a 30-second timeout. Then you have a foul by Joe Bryant with less than a second left. Uh, and then uh, Jelani Williams goes to the line, makes one, the first one, to make it a two-point game, and then miss the next one. And essentially, Probably intentionally. Uh, there was a rebound, and that was the that intentionally right. And then that was the ball game. Right. And the – and here's something that's important. What it means basketball, it goes to the point of interruption, which means that Howard actually still had to pull the had to inbound the ball and go technically the entire length of the court. They had to inbound the ball from the end line, not from half court, like you see in high school basketball. There's a there's a big difference. Which goes to show the, the the defense. So technically, if how if uh, Norfolk could have gotten the steal right there, they were in the backcourt at their basket at that point after the technical foul. So, but long story, Coach, Coach Jones, you were wrong, and I hate to say now, here's some you other... were wrong. You you were wrong. You were wrong, Coach Jones. That that's a technical foul. I would hate to be put in that position as an official. But it's your job and your assistant's job to control your players, your bench, just as if there was a punch thrown on the court. It is your job to make sure that your players do not come off of the bench and participate in the ruckus going on on the court. There also, Drew, seems to be, as I'm reading the the interaction here in Coach Jones's tweet with uh, Roop Ward, that... Uh, there seemed to be, uh, as Roop describes it, the part about laughing during the conversation with you is acceptable. As I don't know when this, you know, a conversation took place, uh, but Coach Jones replies and said it was the official assigner sitting at the table laughing about the situation. That's not even funny at all at that moment. And thanks, man, just trying to keep elevating the brand of everyone in the MIA. Uh, another person, Bishop K.W. Brown, uh, replies back to coach and says, totally agree. The official should never be the leader of the outcome. Tonight that happened, but we are still you. Uh, Robert Jones, again, doubled down and said, then the head signer, when I confronted him about those calls, literally laughed in my exclamation point capital letters laughed in my face that like that was professional and then he tweeted out at me exports um drew explain the relationship of now like, like there's a lot going on here and i'd be willing to when you play these conference games look they they people everyone knows everybody uh the conference office is right there in norfolk virginia uh, so I, 
I'd be surprised if, you know, Coach Jones uh, and the MEAC office have some conversations on Tuesday morning about some of the events. If not, Eddie Heaven has some comments about tweets um, from Coach. But talk a little bit about quickly, Drew, the relationship here. Uh, as best, and we're speculating because we don't have story. When you hear that, you know, obviously relationships are are important. Uh, talk a little bit about the coach official relationship as you've seen it in college basketball and how something that may look unprofessional, but is it really and is it really a deciding factor in the ball game? It, it shouldn't be. It really, it really shouldn't be. Now, uh, there are certain rules and certain stipulations about games you should or should not call. Like, for instance, you you will rarely see an official say who was a graduate of Howard or Norfolk State on a Howard or Norfolk State basketball game. It, but there are there there is a stipulation that if you have been not associated with that school after X amount of years at every conference and every conference assigner has its own specific rules, then then you can't do it. But when I say no association, that means you you you're no longer associated with them. You don't have any kids going there. Your wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they really want to make sure that they separate that bias out of the situation. As I said, you could not have gone to any other school in that conference, but it would be like me calling a Tuskegee basketball game. It, it would it would not be good, you know. So, and for me, because I've been in that situation on uh, certain levels, I don't even want to call a game that may affect how they zip their record. I don't even want to call one of their opponents. In doing certain situations, I'll call them after they've played them, but I don't want to do it before they play them. So just just some other things, but their relationship between coaches and look, they, they see these guys four, five, six times a year. Some in their own place, some some in the other place. They, you know, there there is general conversations before the games. Uh, you, you know, there's relationship with the conference assigner between the official and and, and the coaches. Now, the conference assigner knows big games from just re regular regular games. That's a rival game. You want you have to make sure that you have a crew that is able to handle the intensity of a rival game. All officials can't handle rival games. All officials can't handle certain levels of rival games. A Norfolk Howard rival game maybe a little bit different than a, let's say, a Virginia State, Virginia Union rival game. You know, things like that. Alcorn-Jackson State is a little bit of a different rivalry than Prairie View and Texas A&M. It's the same as far as, for the fans go, but as far as, how the coaches, how the players, and how how the other things are. The, every rivalry is a little bit different. Everybody can't deal with certain certain levels of rivalry. 
Hey, let me let me let's pivot here. Doc brings up an interesting question or a thought here. Where and I'm I'm reading right off the uh, his comments here, and uh, Doc says at the P5 level, uh, most officials would have taken the opportunity to check the clock for time, which would have meant uh, that he would not have had to call a technical. I guess, okay, so I guess what Doc is in here, because the clock, now, and so this is what, here, here's what I'm wondering here. Joe Bryant makes the bucket. Are the officials, he's saying at the P5 level, are they, again, Howard has no timeouts. By all indication, Norfolk State didn't call a timeout after they scored that bucket. So right. are the officials stopping the clock to go to video and if they are, aren't they – and this is what I hate about the official. This I know here. This is what I hate about the tournament uh, and video replay because this is an advantage-disadvantage thing here because Norfolk State shouldn't if, – if they do stop to, to check, then essentially what you're giving is a foul a to Howard who doesn't have a timeout. It's a free – and I hate that. I absolutely hate that. But – what what do you as you read and hear Doc's point? Do you think that if they had, and this may be what Robert Jones is referring referencing, if after made, if the officials are going to look at the TV monitor to take a look at the time, are they technically calling, or are they actually calling a technical foul? It would, it, it, it would be a stoppage. Situation? It would be it would be a a stoppage in play, which could have been your out for not calling the technical foul. Here's 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 a couple questions that we have to ask with that, Brian and Doctor Kabir. A was replay available? That's question number one. Was replay available? Number one. Number two. Had there been a situation prior to in the game? where they utilize replay because if you had replay technology and with 1.2 seconds left on the clock brian that's the first time that you decide to go to replay i might have some questions about that if replay was available right. number number three you're only going to replay if they think there may be some type of error that official, that C official that I told that I was telling you about, if he thought that the clock may have ran an extra two, three tenths of a second after that ball went through, then it is up to him to stop the clock. So if he did not think that there was an error, then no, there, there may not be the necessity to go to replay. Now this is this is when you get into uh, officiating at the masters level, Brian. There's this thing called preventive officiating that they always tell you to do. Assuming replay is available, then you take that as the opportunity to go to the clock, check the clock, even though you know the clock is right, to prevent having to call that technical foul. 
that is masters level officiating. If you uh, and, and you, you frame it up, I was coming to check the clock, uh, coach. You tell the Howard coach, I was coming to check the clock. We want to make sure that the clock was right to give you as much time as you allowed there, coach. What about all those players on the court, coach? I was, I, I had, I had stopped it to come check the clock. So we have a dead ball that's inconsequential. Well, okay, so that, I, I love this that's discussion. That's what that the conversation has to um, be. Now, this is this is the advantage disadvantage that our HBCUs are working through. Doc says the NCAA mandates that all Division One games must have replay available. Uh, hey, look, newsflash: uh, there, there's some. There, <laughs> I don't know if if all of our HBCU SWAC MIAC. Uh, I don't know if they're set up for that. I, you know, that game was being broadcast uh supposedly uh you know i'm you know i'm gonna leave it at that uh i haven't seen the replay of the game uh because i trust me i was looking for it this morning couldn't find it uh, i know there are plenty of swat games which don't get broadcast on tv so who's mandating this the ncaa but are they loosely mandating it because everybody's not following it is what is it a recommendation true? or a requirement? Uh, that 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 would be the question. Is it recommended or required? Uh, yeah, and there, I, we know I'd there's a difference between those two words. There, and, and, there and, is, and and so, and I haven't I haven't officiated. It's uh, got to be a recommendation because I don't think I'm doing it. It's yeah, I, I, it's got to be a recommendation because I don't think everybody's using it. If they were all using, it, there would be a requirement. Uh, I think what has to start happening uh, from a conference level, and this is what conferences are going to end up doing here in the foreseeable future, as conferences begin to understand uh, their their power, their place, and working with different media entities and outlets, even the Black College Sports Network, full disclosure, uh, requiring broadcasters to have A, B, C, and D. Now, with that said, it's also going to be incumbent upon universities and the uh, game operations people to also make certain things available to those entities that are broadcasting your game. For example, Television timeouts, uh, media timeouts, TV time, things of that TV nature. Timeouts are mandated uh, for all for all levels of basketball now. All NCAA okay, levels of but, basketball. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I just don't know if they're following them to the full letter, or maybe it's just the. Uh, there, there has to be a better coordination of operations between your media partners and the actual game operations. And so we're going to do a little digging. I, I We got to find out because that's a great thing here about what Doc brought up about the NCAA mandating uh, that all D1 games must have replay. Well, they must not have had replay, and that might be an interesting angle Norfolk State game and why Coach Jones was so 38 mad, um, which, you know, 
I'll be interested to hear more, and we'll try to find uh, maybe try to reach Jones and maybe kind of get some some off the record uh, background on what was going on, or maybe there's some history there. Some folks uh, who who are dialed into Norfolk State basketball and kind of really get a better sense of what coach was mad about because if we're if we're purely talking the situation as it played out drew i think norfolk state was at fault for their players storming the court but then you add in the extra what doc was talking about um in, in terms of the of tv review and and so as a that's a that's a great breakdown uh you thank you dr for jumping and some input as well. Always, always love it. Uh, before we go to the break, Drew, I kind of mentioned another huge upset that happened, and that was to unbeaten uh, Langston University. Langston ranked number three in the country in NAIA and number one in our BCSN top five for NAIA men's basketball. Went on the road and lost a tough ball game in conference to UNT Dallas. 695. Uh, that's North Texas, Dallas. Uh, that was on the road at uh, this game was at Cedar Valley College with the score tied at 65 with 42 seconds left remaining. UNTD moved in front behind back to back free throws from uh, Vernon Johnson to make it 67 65 uh, on the ensuing offensive possession. Anthony White of Langston missed a three-pointer. That would have put Langston in front with seven seconds remaining. Uh, and so that handed uh, that loss dropped Langston to 16-1. and one. So a 16-game winning streak to open the season under Coach Wright in his first year, by the way, at Langston. And uh, they are 10-1 and one in the conference. Um Langston got 15 points and 11 rebounds from uh, Toru Dean. Uh, A.J. Rainey had 12. DeMonte Brown and Tristan Harper also had 11. Cedric Rowland had 10 for uh, Langston. Langston collectively was 35% from the field. That's never a good sign. But they were 25 of 29 from the free throw line. 25 of 29. That's a pretty good average there, so they made up for it there. Uh, the Lions are back on the field, uh, back on the court, excuse me, on Thursday, January nineteenth, against Mid American Christian at home. That's a seven forty-five p.m. local time tip-off. So we'll see if Coach Wright and the Lions can get back out to a uh, get back out on the winning streak. But uh, that's a tough loss for the number three team in the country, and it will. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit later about how the shakeup, how that affects. So, uh, as you said, number one, Norfolk State goes down. Number one, Langston goes down. Um, we had a couple other – we had another upset, didn't we, uh, on the women's side? Drew, didn't we have another women's number one team go down? Uh, you had Savannah losing early. Was this was that this week or last week that Savannah State lost? They weren't number one. Uh, they lost earlier in the week. Their their home streak came to an end earlier. For, I think that for, was last week. Philander, Philander Smith uh, lost. That's who it was. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, they were number one in our poll. All right, uh, let's take a break. Pretty long first hour. Uh, but, uh, just like before we get out, Brian, you forgot to mention those home winning streaks. Did you mention the home winning streaks? Oh, yeah. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, let me Union. see if I can. I've got it right here. Oh, you have Virginia Union okay. had a 28-game home winning streak ended by Claflin. Winston-Salem State had a tw- <laughs> Excuse me. Winston-Salem State had a 21 home uh, winning streak ended by Virginia Virginia Union. So Virginia Union was on both sides of winning streaks being ended. They they had theirs ended, and then they ended someone else's in return. And, of course, how it uh, ending Norfolk State 19-game home winning streak. Right, right. To uh, Stephen Gaither, uh, HBCU game day for uh, dropping that nugget uh, last night. Uh, nice work, nice research there, Steve. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Jamie Walker and find out why he is all excited about what's happening over at North Carolina A&T State. And we'll talk Thank to him right. uh, <laughs> on the basketball and the football front coming up on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back in a moment. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money when you start with care you get a different kind of bank truest download the mobile app now at tyson we know taste is local some like their beef pit smoked their chicken spiced all the way up or their pork sweet and saucy local flavors global impact that's what feeding the world is all about 
jbn.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit hold the phone man you can do it yourself with credit versio that's way too hard call the credit repair company most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time making it slow and expensive you won't figure that out for months <laughs> ignore him credit versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus finds the accounts that are hurting your score and guides you through the entire process anyone can do it Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here, joined by Brian and AD here, uh, joined by a good friend for the first time this year, seeing him, uh, Jamie Walker. Jamie, how you doing, my man? Man, I am great. How are you doing? Hey, look, uh, we we're just we're just enjoying this uh, this space. And watching uh, coaches go wild, and we're watching the upsets happen, and uh, it couldn't be any better. Second weekend of January, second weekend of January, man. No, no, uh, no rest for the weary. Better than some, worse than Absolutely. worse than others, Jamie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so, Jamie, obviously, big weekend in uh, basketball, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that shortly because uh the uh, your aggies are are making noise and all in the football landscape in athletics all track and they do anything so it's like i had to bring on jamie for this um but we got to talk about wild that's how we're gonna call that segment here for 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 the opening uh 
because uh, Ed Reed, the, head, the new head coach, well, uh, look, presumably the new head coach, head football coach <laughs> at Bethune University. I mean, I'm not you sure. Know, the, I, <laughs> no, no not contract. Sure, we haven't seen an introductory And according to Ed, the contract had been signed. But anyway, he's the new head coach. But, uh, you know, all we have seen in 24 hours is some very interesting IG messages from Coach Reed. And uh, I couldn't help. We couldn't help ourselves. Ourselves. We don't take ourselves too serious times on this show, so we just gotta uh, we just gotta go play the clips and especially you know this well, let let Coach Reed say what he needs to say, Drew, because this one this first message came out sometime Saturday. Saturday I started started circling around it. I think I first story by Kyle Mosley, uh, on uh, he. he so he did a, a post this, and so I think this was this. Uh, so if you got it queued up, let's let's let Coach Reed, in his own words, say what he has to say about situation. Parental discretion advised. He does drop a uh, uh, a four letter word of in yes. the middle of this this tweet. So just want to cue everybody up on that. And this is the first one. This is the first one that was aired that, that went out Saturday. Man, for some reason, it's not playing. There it is. Prime was not wrong about what he was saying. Audio. All y'all out Audio there with right y'all here. opinions, it's full of crap, don't know shit. But needless to say, I just pulled up to work. Try to, um, we're gonna try to help y'all too, man, because I know a lot of HBCs need help. I'm just here to help here first. I see it all too clearly. All our HBCs need help. HBCUs need help. And they need help because of the people who's running it. Broken mentalities out here. I'm gonna leave y'all with that, man. I gotta get in the office. I hope y'all be blessed out there. 336, I see you, my bro. About to pull up in the office, bro. I gotta get out here. My guy's already out here working. I've been here for a week and a half. I've been here for a week and a half and have done more than people that have been here in freaking years. And I'm not even hired yet. Damn shame. I'll holler. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Um, I, I don't know how that... I hope all that came across well. You know, my choppy internet service. Um, yeah, I, I hope. Hopefully, all that came across well and clear. You know, my choppy internet service. I'd already seen it. So, but for my my purposes, uh, two things that caught me that bothered the heck out of me. Um, 
One where he had to make the fact that his office isn't clean. Okay. Um, you know, I, a week and a half, as he said. But also, he's been there a week and a half. And I got it quote, he's done more than people who have been here for years. Jamie, mm. uh, you, 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 you've heard what said now. You know, a lot of people be like, oh, Dion was right. I think that's where it started. That's where the headline was. Oh, Dion was wrong. It's a broken mentality. From, from, mm. Jamie, how, how, how does this sit with you as you listen to this? What are your thoughts on Ed Reed's comments? I hate this because um, I'm not sure, and maybe it's it's something that we did uh, as HBCU alum and, and wanting uh, more of an even playing field, but for some reason, folks think that we need to be saved. And I think uh, athletes that are being, and I actually tweeted some of this out, um, Athletes that have been on the upper echelon financially in their chosen profession um, are impatient and don't like to see certain processes um, go on and happen, um, whether it's our institutions and whether they feel they're inefficient or they don't move fast enough for them. Um, you know, it, it's um, you don't have to um, diss our institutions on social media. I think if you are tactful enough to see what's wrong, um, then come in and and make a difference. Come in and, you know, see the kinds of things that um, and, and actually, you know, care about researching why things are the way they are. Bethune-Cookman especially, because I think when you're talking about what they've been through, um, especially in the football season, and, and even lately, you're talking about a couple of hurricanes, you're talking about, you know, other logistical stuff that has been um, at the forefront of their institution where they've had to do other things. I think you have to come in with an understanding. Now, this is without me knowing what's been going on for that last week and a half, so I can't, you know, at the end of the day, I can't, you know, speak to it um, completely, but I, I, I just think it's out of pocket to some degree to air out uh, what you think is going on uh, without giving context uh, because it becomes one-sided and you have a following. Uh, and so without, you know, it was the same thing uh, that, you know, I disagreed with uh, in some of um, Coach Prime's airings when he had disagreements with what the process is, um, were at Jackson State or HBCUs in general, uh, you know, there's some things that could be settled uh, uh, a different way, especially if you're trying to change the perception. Because I think what's coming in now is people see what you're saying. You know, people, people, you know, run with those words. And, you know, you can even see in the comments on the um, on the IG live. That, yeah, this is how HBCUs do. Yeah, they got stuff with them. Yeah, this and that. But 
The only difference is there are controversies that happen at PWIs as well. Their athletic programs just have the money to create the Band-Aid to cover those things up. So, you know, don't get into to what we're doing if you don't paint the entire picture. In fact, his institution, if you study their history, you study the history of University of Miami, you, you might, you know, want to want to talk about some things, too, that has been in that era. So, you know, it, it's just a bad look all around just because of the following. Um, but I think it's a, a major I, I think it's a way he could have handled that so much better. Well, uh, what, what before my little thoughts in there, what do, what do you got, Drew? What, what's your take? I want to echo a little bit of what Jamie just said. Uh, was it not too long ago where Bethune was facing accreditation issues? Was it not too long ago where mm-hmm. Bethune was facing serious financial issues as an institution? I am not talking about athletically. We're talking about an institution that was one of the first to make the decision not to participate for the entire season of COVID. You're also talking about institutions who could not bring their players back until August 1st of that year. So they had no summer workouts. Correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a hurricane last year in 2021 that forced this team to have to make adjustments and then they had to do it not once but twice this season and when when what should have been a good revenue gain because of other activities in the city of daytona they had to move that to jacksonville florida now that might have been a win when they had to move that game to jacksonville florida financially but just for aesthetic purposes having dion in daytona may have been a good it definitely would have been a little bit more eye appealing because all ten thousand seats in that stadium would have been sold out i believe that's a, like a ten thousand seat save just shy of ten thousand even though they had good numbers in, in Jacksonville. So, but th- that's either here or there. So, Ed um, Reed, my brother, hello, Ed Reed, my brother, you know, you came in behind the eight ball. I can't, they, they, I, I'm pretty sure they presented you. This is where we are at. We will be more than happy to take you. But this is where we are at. And I'm wondering if the contract negotiations are going on because, you know, just like at the P5 level, the institution can only pay so much. They have to fundraise the other. Now, the Alabamas, the Georgias, and everybody else has, uh, you know, they, they have things in place. They have they have the uh, boot, they have boosters. They have uh, other other entities in which to get that money to make up the difference. Because even Nick Saban, technically for the state of Alabama, I think he only gets paid four hundred thousand dollars from the state of Alabama. The rest of that eight, nine, ten million dollars that he gets paid comes from outside sources. 
So maybe they are trying to get those things that Coach Theus is doing. And you have an athletic director who's in season as basketball coach. Now, I know there's an assistant athletic director who's probably handling 90% of the administrative things that are going on at that institution right now. But still, the person on record who's responsible for and who you report to is half his time he's on the road or he's worried about his in season. And but I will say this. It shouldn't be too hard to clean that man off stuff, but though it really should not be too hard <laughs> to get <laughs> to, you get a couple stooge. You get, I'm pretty sure y'all got custodians there. We, you can get some boxes. Everybody got their paper boxes sitting around uh for when you're making all those copies. We could clean out the brothers office because uh when coach sims left i guarantee you anything he left in that office he didn't want he left it there for a reason <laughs> so all right uh coach reed what, what, what you want uh right, let's keep that i want to keep that credence i want to keep that bookshelf uh I, I i don't need that debt i keep that chair but i got to get a new desk okay. all right he just show, he just told you what he want what he want to keep what you need to get rid of now get get a dolly get some muscle Get the hauler. <laughs> have, have, have we all missed? Has anyone seen or of the introductory press conference yet? Uh, to my knowledge, Mississippi Valley State has introduced their coach. North Carolina A&T has introduced their coach. And Ed Reed was hired before both of those two men or it was leaked before or those two hired I th I think I may be off but I think Ed Reed's announcement was before those two so the first question is why hasn't and why hasn't Bethune uh had the formal announcement what they don't have a contract there's the first thing that I'm kind of okay might be the contract. That, they don't have a contract. So then, so Ed Reed doing more than, you know, Mary, Mary, Mary uh, McLeod Bethune, uh, since, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out why he's doing more than anyone who's ever been there. <laughs> why is he, why is he doing more? I mean, you know, why, why is he doing more? You know, you haven't been officially, but I agree with you, Jamie. Great to have some context about what, what, I mean, is it really, is it really, it sounds like it's more than the uh, cleaning of the office, right? There's got to be more than just cleaning his office. Yeah. Because that wouldn't inspire the next rent, which came out today. <laughs> Which see that if that rant you're trying to understand will clean it is the next rant you're like okay somebody get Ed Reed's phone because I don't understand what Ed Reed is doing here. I mean at least look there was all there was always a strategy. We can look back on can't we? We can look back. Coach Prime had a strategy with everything he did. Uh, I'm sure Reed has one too. Uh, does he? We just haven't figured I mean, it out. We just got okay. We just hadn't figured it out. I I like that, but 
I felt like I could see Coach Prime's strategy as he as it was developing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like Ed Reed's got a blowtorch in hand, and he's just like, you know what? This is how we make change, and I we just turn it loose like we did at the. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't do that. But anyway, um, stop it, let's just stop it. Let I know I stop it. I'm stop. Let's let's play the second rant. And this came today. And if you thought the first one had some, I don't even, I didn't even hear the explicit lyrics in this one, in the first one. This one is like, you know, Dolores Tucker, NCP team, uh, you know, <laughs> this one might not be safe for work. So I'm going to let you know, this next one might have a few, a few words in it, Drew. Go ahead and play the second rant here by uh, by Ed Reed. This one came out. I'm mutton us. Man, get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutton us. Man, get out of here, man. They mutt me. These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here. I'm mutton y'all. Get your ass, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All this shit here was trash in front of me. Who you think got this shit cleared out? That building right there got trash in it. It's fucking trash. What are you talking about? I need no goddamn donors to come out and help out because people just want money. That's why I don't hell, that's why I don't fuck with social network. Fuck out of here, man. I've been mutton and showing shit. I chose not to. But now I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. But I'm mutton us. Man, get out. Absolutely. Uh, I promise y'all, this ain't no. No, I know. I look this. This ain't Wednesday. I, I swear. This L L L L B A O A O. Laughing my black ass. Look, man. Like, oh man, this is so unfortunate. Um. Because I know we've been we we've been in the business of trying to keep stuff in house. If we want to correct our problems, we typically keep them in house and try to you know you know just try to just hey let, let's get this done and, and whatever. But you got to understand who Ed Reed is. This is a passionate dude. Like I'm not going. Bethune Cookman should have known who this guy was. You got to understand, he has some classic speeches and just philosophies in general. Um, if you listen to Ed Reed's Hall of Fame speech, this is no surprise. Um, I'm talking about not Hall of Fame speech, but he did some speeches beforehand where he talked about doing the little things when it comes to being an, in an entity. He talk, and he talked about trash specifically when it came to his teammates. Like, throw your towels and stuff in the bin and things of that nature. So when he sees stuff that needs to be done, He's going to go off and he's passionate about the little things. He said, if you take care of the little things, basically, you know, the big things to take care of themselves. And I understand that philosophy. So, but, you know, if you're offended per se, then 
you got to understand who you hired. My notion, or really where I was kind of perturbed, was you're painting all HBCUs with a broad brush and saying, and basically saying that, okay, cool, I came in to save HBCUs as if, mm. you know, you are capable mm. of doing so. And the thing about it is, mm. you know, we're not a monolith. You know, I mean, we are a group, yes, and we have, you know, certain things that unify us. We're not going to let everybody just, you know, talk down on our institutions. But at the same time, you got to be wary of what you're dealing with when it comes to that, because it does, because of your reach, affect all of us. Like we have to answer questions about, you know, what A&T does and this, that, and the third, you know, and I understood he said, you know, I got to take, you know, we're going to try to do this for HBCUs, but I got to take care of my school first. Well, yeah, that's great. I'm glad you understand that. But at the same time, I need you to, you know, not not paint us with the same stroke. Yeah, um, that that one, yeah, it, it that one was a response to to somebody, um, and I I agree. You know, the whole I think it was the painting, like you said, of the broad stroke. No, your situation is a whole lot different than a lot of schools. Um, and, and we all have already, look, I, we've pointed out issues at Florida A&M that uh, a lot of other schools don't have, and yet it's still better than other schools. You know, crazy part is, uh, you know, chasing excellence. You know, you, you talk out, you know, uh, and it's the same as over at A&T. You, uh, you guys all have tasted excellence you want to maintain excellence. You heard Jackson State talk about uh, Coach Prime uh, dominating excellent in everything. I, I was I heard him just give that speech again to staffers at that he's at. But it was the same thing he said. He wants the Jackson State page chasing excellence. And I know is one. Everybody's going to get different ways and how you deliver it. Um, but, but yeah, can't paint them. Don't, don't, don't paint every you in the same. I, I just, I'm, everything seems out of order with this. There, there, there's a, and that's what is so different right now. You know, we haven't had an introductory press conference. We haven't had commentary. You got the head coach making statements that, you know, uh, are tough. I don't know, a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah, that, Brian? So I, I'm sorry. I, I thought I had everybody here. Yeah. You still here? Uh, we still here. Let yeah, me go ahead and jump here. in while your internet okay. uh, tries right. to catch up. Okay. Well, I I didn't know if it was my internet or my video, like that, because I you know I, I was ranting. And the last thing I want to do is just be talking off, and and so I I could do that in the bathroom. But anyway, uh, <laughs> any any any, any TMI, thoughts? TMI, Brian, you could have kept that one. Come on, what's like like you don't act like y'all don't talk to yourself in the bathroom. Come on now, Jamie married and got kids. <laughs> I know he talks to himself all the time in the bathroom. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I saw I saw somebody post that we might have a press conference 
with Ed Reed here Tuesday. But uh, I, yeah, I, 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 let's put a bow on Ed Reed. I see it. Yeah, oh, let, let's put a bow on Ed Reed a, by saying I. Go ahead. I just want to. I just want to throw something out. We got public schools. We got private schools. We've got schools in different states. Whether you're public or private in certain states, there are certain things that schools can and cannot do in North Carolina, that schools can and cannot do in Florida, that schools can and cannot do in Alabama. So let's keep that in mind. Number two. Let's touch let's touch the uh, the other elephant in the room, Brian. And that's the God reference. The I love Jackson State, that school in Mississippi. Y'all have no right to comment on this. <laughs> Leave that to the rest of the HBCUs to comment on that portion of it because when it was prime talking about god it was all good now ed reed talking about god some of y'all got a problem jackson state s t f u on this situation Mm. All right. So I, 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 I got I got to put that out there. And last thing, it is not uncommon for coaches, administrators to have a handshake agreement while while the attorneys work out the language of a contract and may even come and start doing some things because of certain calendars. That you get in before you officially that is not uncommon not only in, uh, with hbcs but just in general when it comes to athletics because of certain calendars and, and how things have to go so you know let's not be pressed the only thing that would be egg on everyone's face is if all of this breaks down and he ultimately does not sign that contract Moving on, Brian. Um, moving on. Uh, I thought one thing was interesting. New head coach of North Carolina A&T, Vincent Brown. I got that name right, correct? You did. In his press conference. Uh, what? Someone asked. They do that at North Carolina? <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they, they yeah, they stuff. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they do, that t- they, they do that tight over there, AMT. They do that tight over there. Hey, uh, in his presser, his introductory presser with the president, I was it the chancellor and the AD, correct? Um, that is correct. Somebody asked the question of the trend of coaches coming from NFL alumni. And you recall he to that question. I saw the video circulating a little bit uh, before we came. So, do you recall his his response to uh, the question about? Obviously, he's a former uh, um, NFL alum, but uh, I thought it was interesting hearing his take about spending time 
working on his crap because he wanted to 20 years in trying to be and I, and I don't know if it necessarily was a head coach at HBC, but being a coach somewhere where you lead young men and lead a program. Um, what's your, after the presser, what's your, what's your take on Vincent Brown? What's Asian's uh, take on Vincent Brown? And is, is he the guy that's going to lead us to these, uh, these, these riches uh, that you guys are seeking from the Colonial Athletic Association? <laughs> um. Yeah, I love. First of all, I, lo- I, I, I love. <laughs> you good. You good. I love to hire, um, but I'm a little bit biased in that, um, and, and there's a reason for it. Um, when I was coaching high school ball, uh, my first job was with Vincent Brown uh, at Meadow Creek High School in Norcross, Georgia, when he started his coaching, um, getting into the profession. He actually owned a paint company uh, once he got out of the NFL um, and, and just went on to do some different stuff. But George Pugh, um, former um, Alabama A&M coach uh, and former Alabama alum, um, been in the ranks forever. He's now at Miles, George Pugh is. Um, took over as the head coach at Meadow Creek High School. And we were all on the same staff with um, Dr. Anthony Blevins of the New York Giants. Um, assistant special teams coach, um, Mike Pitts, former Alabama uh, defensive lineman, um, Philadelphia Eagle, uh, Vincent Brown, uh, and, and a few others. I was fresh out of A&T uh, when I got that job. And this is 2003, 2003. And um, you kind of knew then, uh, me being around that particular staff, uh, knew they were going to go on to do some great things. We didn't do much winning it at, at Meadow Creek uh, simply because, you know, you got to have athletes if you're going to win. Um, <laughs> but as far as um, as far as knowledge of football, man, I couldn't have been around um, people any better. And, and Vincent is a thorough teacher of the game. Uh, so it was no surprise. He was there for another, I think, three years, and then he went on to um, – because Bill Parcells was one of his – you know, they always kept in touch, uh, former NFL uh, coach, Patriots. and his days with the Patriots, they had always kept in touch and kind of knew that he was always going to be a coach. So I, um, I think Vincent stayed there four years. He went on um, to serve as an athletic director there, assistant athletic director, and then he moved on to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, where he was inside linebackers coach. And so you could kind of see the progression and where that went from there as far as his knowledge of defense, um, you know, him being a teacher of men, and you could kind of see where it was going. So I think A&T being in the CAA and him also being a HBCU alum coming from Mississippi Valley, I think it was the perfect hire because you get the best of both worlds. Um, he knows the CAA in and out, uh, being at William & Mary, but he also you know, had stints at Howard, um, Richmond. You know, He's been an assistant head coach. It was just a matter of him getting his turn to be a head coach. So when he addresses, um, you know, and I call him more so the celebrity, um, because there's always been NFL guys that have – 
been within the HBCU ranks. Um, it's just more so um, Deion Sanders being one of one that people think this is this is something new. Uh, it really isn't. But I think Vincent, in in all the experience, this twenty you know plus years of experience being around these different names, I think him wanting to hone his craft and see what these kinds of people are doing, I think is where he was coming from. And now he is getting his opportunity to lead a group of men into something brand new. And so I I love the hire. Um, I know everybody wanted to go, you know, splash, including the person we just talked about. Um, there were some rumors in there as well that, you know, Ed Reed was one of those names that alum, you know, alums were, were, you know, clamoring for. But I think you can't do any better than Vincent Brown. I bet, I bet those are like, whoo, boy. Um, anyway, uh, I, I do wonder, I do wonder if we will do a study five years from now and look at the Hall of Fame caliber guys who try to enter the question, Sanders, George, Reed, and will their years be, how, how dramatically different will their 10 years be from the guys like Brown, uh, Eddie Robinson, guys who were solid, you know, veterans, but they weren't necessarily the household names. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is a clear level between Sanders, Reed, George, and Robinson, Brown, uh, I don't know whoever else might fit into that space. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a there there is a difference in guys, but and so it'll be interesting what happens over five uh, years, uh, and and it comes. But I, I I applaud the the hire because, like I said, like you said, the uh, the background in the CAA I think gives you all ice advantage into this upcoming season. Uh, now, the other big piece of news I thought that came out of that presser was the announcement that North Carolina A&T State is going to make a commitment with a capital campaign that will be targeted purely for athletics. Give, give a little more detail, Jamie, about, about that as you understand it. Well, I, I think um, some years ago, when they were making these moves, it, it, it was very strategic. Um, you know, there were some things that were said, and I think a lot of it was PC in relation to why the shift was um, happening, um, you know, saving on travel, things of that nature. And whether you believe it or not, those were at least the, the um, at least what was said. And so they also committed to knowing they would have to upgrade uh, the facilities and make a commitment towards athletics. So within this um, press conference, uh, Earl Hilton, which is the, the AD, and, and Chancellor Martin talked uh, needing and actually put numbers to it, 80 to 100 million to upgrade the facilities and, uh, within the app. Uh, and so AD Hilton talked about by the end of January, you would see um, what those specifics are. 
So when you're talking about, you know, the commitment level financially, yes. And you're going to see those specific things go on and be proposed because uh, you had questions, you know, whether or not it was long or not or a roundabout way. That's what people want to know. What are we going to do? Uh, you see some things that go that has gone on with A&T uh, when it comes to um, acquiring of land, acquiring of stadiums, uh, I, in particular, War Memorial Stadium when it comes to baseball and the renovations they have to, you know, go on there. It's not just about football. Uh, and with them knowing that, there is an 80 to $100 million capital investment that will go to athletics. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, there are schools that call for, we need this, we need that. But a lot of times, you know, there's not, you know, dollar specific plan. Well, here they go. They said they're going to commit and show you what that plan is. So, you know, kudos to them because when you make these kind of moves, when you leave a conference you've been in, um, you know, since its inception, you have to, you know, let people know and, and, and you know, give details to the plan as to why you're doing or making moves. So I'm, you know, glad and happy that they're finally saying, okay, here's the dollar signs. This is how we're going to do it. And he also included within that press conference saying that we can no longer rely on the backs of students to do this as well. That he was, you know, Chancellor Martin was real clear about this. He said, you know, we're not going to, you know, whether or not he didn't say we were going to raise student fees, but he did include us not. Uh, or, or the institution not relying on the backs of students to make this happen. So there is a plan coming forth uh, by the end of January that North Carolina A&T will commit or have this going on, 80 to $100 million in upgrades in, within the athletic department to go within the same budgets um, that the other CAA counterparts have, are having. So we'll see what happens, buddy. A lot of reason to be jealous of ATM. Uh, a lot of reasons. But, but um, you, you took the words out of my mouth, Brian, because I remember back in the <laughs> early aughts when FAMU was getting ready to go under this ambitious plan, similar to what AT is going through now. We had declared our independence from the BAC. We were getting ready to go to FBS. At that time, or was that the late 90s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s? And the next thing you know, 199 violations came along and kind of put a hold on everything that FAMU was doing. And I'm going to be honest with you, it kind of seems like that might be part of a 10-year plan for A&T as it looks like they may be positioning themselves to be, the, if not the first, one of the first to go to FBS. And I'm wondering with that type of budget capital campaign that uh, AT is talking about and the money that it takes to go FBS, once they finally put out all of these standards for what it requires to become FBS, I wonder if AT is going to say, all right, if we raise it this much money, okay, we, we can really go ahead and make this double leap instead of just making this leap to this conference and being competitive in this conference. I'm really wondering if that is the end goal there, Jamie. 
I wouldn't doubt it. Um, that could be something that works. It's always been rumored, um, but more innuendo um, than anything as far as what the reasoning is, um, you know, what the what the basis of even shifting conferences. But I think in these new, you know, using Dr. Cavill's term, uh, conference churning waters, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I wouldn't doubt, you know, making that move um, conference-wide. I'm just looking at the CAA in, to in totality. Uh, and, and really, you know, someone pointed this out, you know, somebody pointed this out um, to me as well. Uh, and, and that is um, when you're making these kind of moves, you really just have to get the pulse of what the school is in general. Um, when you're raising this kind of money and finding out really what the new pulse of FBS will be um, is one thing. The other thing is being able to compete in other sports as well. So when you're talking about um, them being able to compete in the CAA, we're seeing some of that now. I think track will be fine. Uh, I Look think women's basketball, basketball right now. Women's yeah, basketball will be fine. is right now. I think we're competing. We're competing within that conference right now. Football is going to take time. Football is going to take time. The, the fan base has to be patient. Um, I think, you know, to A.D. Hilton's credit and even the rest of um, the rest of that brain trust, I think scheduling has been pretty good as far as keeping the cultural points of who turns out, um, you know, the crowds when it comes to HBCUs, other HBCUs that we play. Uh, such as, you know, you got a, a Norfolk State on the schedule. You still have a North Carolina Central on the schedule for now. Um, and even, you know, and that's, you know, remaining, you know, and, and of course Hampton's on the schedule. So when it comes to, um, when it comes to A&T and what they're doing so far, I would say so good. Now, will that continue to last? Because, you know, Tennessee State has some early success in their movements too, and eventually – that kind of, you know, teetered. And so we'll see if the same, if the same kinds of things happen. Um, there are so many factors when it comes to, um, when it comes to competition. I, I think you're looking at a school that has, um, that has great ambitions and we'll see what that looks like. Um, and, and again, I, like I told other people and I've been on, you know, shows before, I'm not necessarily or wasn't necessarily a fan of, of the movement. I'm nostalgic when it comes to the MEAC, and, and those memories will always be there. Uh, and I'll, I'm also a major supporter of, um, of um, HBCU conferences. But we're not the only ones that left. You know, so, so and, and I keep emphasizing that to people. We're not the only ones that left. So... People's reasoning are their own. I won't be critical of anybody or anything or any moves <laughs> that that they've ever made. Um, the MEAC is is you know is, is doing their thing, winning celebration bowls, but I'm sure expansion is is still in their in their mind as well. You know, Commissioner Stills has done a, a phenomenal job and definitely you know puts puts that conference on their shoulders, and they keep continue you know, their ascension. But at the same time, there are a lot of schools that left the conference. So when it when when I speak on, on A&T's ambitions and goals alone, 
you know, it, they, the MEAC wasn't in their strategic plan. <laughs> I'm laughing. This is laughing at a comment. Yes, my checkbook is ready. As an alum, they take they draft it out of my account every month. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, I'm hey, ready. look, but um, yeah, that the Aggies weren't the uh, y'all weren't the only one to leave. But man, y'all were on top and y'all left. That's what hurt. You know what? That's what hurt people. Y'all pulled a prime. Y'all pulled a prime before. Y'all pulled Coach Prime before Coach Prime being Coach Prime. Y'all were on top. And then you left. And you left us. You just left the door. And the Miak was like, well, what? What did we do? What did we do? We we <laughs> thought we gave you everything. We gave you three celebration bowls and then you left us. See the same hurt feelings that we watch Jackson State fans having? Or some people, maybe not all. That's what y'all did. See, that's why that's why people no one talks about the other school that left. Because no, they weren't winning. No, they don't. They never do. They, they never do talk about the other schools. They didn't talk about it when they <laughs> oh, was in the wow. Right? Nobody talked about it when they was in the BAC. Nobody talked about it when they was in the CIAA. Let's get ready to go to break, Brian. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, let's go to break. Jamie, you going to stick around for the uh, outside of the break, or you got to roll? No, nah, I'll stick around. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. 
Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead. Because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile app now. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew, Jamie Walker here. And as we uh, get ready to to close down some of the uh, some some of the things on this show, got to give a shout out. We still have Jay still. I'm still giving flowers to AMT, uh, the Aggies, uh, the HBCU Showcase up in New York. There's a track meet, indoor track meet. Uh, the Aggies. Did a very good job. This was a meet that actually featured uh, uh, several schools. I mean, Division One and Two, NAIA schools, even. Uh, so it was pretty nice to kind of see. And, you know, guys in track just feels like one of those sports that, regardless of the school, I mean, if you can run, you can run. If you can jump, you can jump. If you can throw, you can throw. It, it was, you know, what I'm saying. Maybe I could be off, could be wrong here, but it feels like. You know, when you see competitions where someone from a Division II school beat a field that had 10 different runners from Division One, it just feels like, okay, that, that's just a bad guy or girl. Uh, but the Aggies uh, finished first in the men and women's. Um, so uh, props to the Adner track and field program, already off to a, a great start. Um, I'll do a little I'll do a little chest bumping as uh, my Rattlers uh, finished second and third, second in the women, third in the men, or vice versa. So uh, that's, hey, that's big, that's big for us, uh, especially, there weren't a lot of sweat, but it's a good feeling, you know, saying that you know, we did better than Prairie View AM, who I think has been a perennial in the, in the swag last year. So it, it just, maybe it means that we are, Going in the right direction. I, that's all I'm gonna say. Not gonna get too excited just yet. Uh, but you know, we are in Florida, as my man Kofi should say. We should be winning some doggone championships. We in Florida. All right, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay, I uh, gotta make a 
mentioned, obviously, last week about everybody about the Fisk University uh, gymnastics program. But again, if you're in the Atlanta area uh, or in the Athens, Georgia area, over to Georgia University, because um, they will be competing tomorrow in the in uh in a in an event multi i think it's a three or four team event a tri event i think is what i read with georgia and another school um so you get a chance to watch fisk university compete against university of georgia and another school that'll take place monday but news came out this weekend that talladega university in conjunction or partnering with brown girls do gymnastics um and partnering with Talladega, the HBCU Gymnastics Alliance to launch the college's first ever artistic gymnastics team. Uh, the partnership was unveiled during the HBCU Gymnastic Alliance collaboration on Saturday uh, in Georgia. Uh, so now Talladega will join Fisk University, uh, which has also partnered with uh, BG. DG Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, HBCU Gymnastics Alliance, in developing the only HBCU women's artistic gymnastics program in the what? There will be two. Um, reading here uh, from Talmadge President Gregory J. Vincent, this historic moment will have a last pack. Establishing a women's gymnastics team at Talladega College will expand opportunities for HBCU student athletes to compete in a rewarding sport that fosters discipline, confidence, and success. Developing our first ever women's gymnastics team will also promote student and alumni engagement and pride, enhance the college's brand, and help create a pipeline of gymnastics. Uh, uh, I think they will be competing in 2020. Is, uh, what I read, Jamie, Drew, we got to start vernacular and uh, we got to start looking at plastics and start seeing what a, a half turn pipe backflip is and all the other terminology that follows because we might be talking about HBCU gymnastics a lot more in the years up ahead. Uh, your guys' thoughts on the news on uh, Talladega? Stepping into uh, the world of gymnastics, it's great that we've got another HBCU that is stepping into gymnastics that is going to take that leap forward, and especially when you're talking about Title Nine as institutions look to add women's sports to make sure that they stay Title IX compliant, you know, gymnastics. And from what I get, gymnastics is not a cheap sport. You know, it's not like, say, bowling or golf or tennis that, you know, as far as equipment and other things. The scholarships are the same no matter what. It costs the same amount for a golf player to come to your school as a tennis player, as a gymnast. It's the other equipment and everything and i wonder you know there's been speculation i know talladega has put together a committee to explore adding football also 
to their lineup. And I'm wondering if this may be for them the the precursor for football is adding the, the women's sport first so that when they add football, they still remain balanced as far as Title IX? Or is this the excuse not to add football because they just made this investment into gymnastics? But whatever that case may be, more power to more power to the uh, females out there. I love it. Would love to see it. And one day, I'm going to have to put that on my bucket list of HBCU events to go to. And think about this. With those two schools being only a few hours from each other, when and where are we going to have that matchup at? This? Mm. I like it. There you go. I like it. Um, uh, um. Oh, any thoughts? Ready. Go ahead. Jay. Any thoughts you want to add in there, Jamie? Yeah, I, I, I love what, where it's going uh, because I think there are some other sports, even though we love football, we love football, we love basketball. Uh, I think gymnastics and really other sports could be a value um, to our institutions as well. I know, um, um, you know, CEO, you know, Roy Evans has always talked about soccer being one of those. Uh, sports that we needed to add as well. Um, so I think the more the merrier if we can we can swing it. So I, I you know, especially man um, soccer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think especially based on location uh, of our institutions. You know, you talk about the southeast stretching out to the west. Um, you know, we we can do these types of things. So I think you have, um, you know more athletic participation, especially in women's sports in general. So I think gymnastics, and, and I like gymnastics, but I could not tell you the first clue vernacular-wise of what's going on, but I do enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy um, um, seeing it. And any opportunity to advance the um, academic, um, you know, footprint through athletics, I'm all for I got I got to do what I want to see HBCUs get into JB and Brian. I want to see lacrosse. Yeah, I really want to see yeah, HBCU Brian Simpkins. Yes, yes, yes. You know, one of the greatest lacrosse players to ever live, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. You know, yeah. You know, swears by it. The sport is I, great, man. I, I, uh, H uh, Black College Sports Network's very own Michael Washington. He has not one but two sons who played lacrosse and were, uh, were not able to go to an HBCU to play lacrosse. They went to a historically white college to play lacrosse. So I wonder if they, if they would have been afforded the opportunity to go to an HBCU that played lacrosse, would they have made that decision? Obviously, they made the best decision mm -hmm. for them, for their academic and athletic futures, but... I'm, I'm just curious about that. I would love to see lacrosse at some of our institutions. I don't see why not. I, uh, mean, I, um, I think lacrosse I, is... I, oh, go ahead. I, I, no, no, go ahead. No, no, I, I think AD has a, a, has a great point when it comes to lacrosse. There are some sports that we um, could excel at. Uh, I'm just talking about just... Uh, what we're playing if you're talking about you know kids not being able to 
you know, we all can't get on a basketball court. We all can't get on a football field. Uh, but if you're talking about evening out the playing field when it comes to both males and females being able to play, I think HBCU should have it. And I think the cost of it per se, because you can use some similar fields, of course, there'll have to be some arrangements made. But I absolutely, I think it, but especially if it adds to the dynamic. soccer field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it adds to the dynamic and, and, you know, who you're able to bring into your institutions, absolutely. Diversity. I think it adds much, much diversity. Soccer and lacrosse, along with gymnastics, adds much diversity to our core students there at our HBCUs. Uh, I, I would. I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna make the sound anti the excitement on that, but I would want. Um, I want a, I want a full commitment from more administrators in athletic departments and more marketing within departments to find engage community and their fan base and get more people on these current sports that you have the 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 softball uh volleyball baseball. see i i'm i'm i get the whole expansion and and bringing in new stuff but if the stuff that's been there for 20 30 years is not being marketed and drawing people don't we risk those sports being less attended or eventually falling into sort of this this pit of can i answer you know that? this whatever kind of pit you want to call it that that those schools that those sports sit you know what i'm saying i guess that's my only hang up like i'd love to be able to sit here and say hey man i'd love to see wrestling just as much as you'd love to see lacrosse and, and gymnastics and all this other stuff but we don't market volleyball softball baseball tennis i don't most I'd say 75% don't market it as well as they market football. Can I answer that? Yeah. Go. When when, When our HBCUs decide to invest in the sports information and marketing departments, then you may see the marketing of that stuff. Well, you've got one person trying to cover 14 sports with, with a student helper. It's impossible, especially during the spring, during the springtime when you've got baseball, softball, tennis, maybe men, maybe women, depending on your university, track, maybe men, maybe women, golf, maybe men, maybe women. And then SIAC, they've got men's volleyball, which is a spring sport. That's seven sports right there going yeah. on concurrent. And you want to add more spring sports? Really? More spring sports? <laughs> no. My, my, my point is you need to add people in the marketing department of these institutions, sports information department, more student interns allocate more money for that 
just like you can go out and, and figure out more money to pay these these coaches. Well, if you market it a little bit better, then maybe you could get even more money to bring in quality coaches. But if don't nobody know that you got these sports going on, it's kind of hard to go out and raise money when you can't report about it because people want to see where their money is going. And yes, uh, who was that? Jeremiah Clark, yes. I would love to get good in baseball. I would definitely love to get good in baseball when it comes to our HBCUs. But once again, we got to put our money in the right in the right place. Um, so I, but y'all, it, it it must be King. It's the King holiday. I'm trying to stay non-violent this weekend. And y'all, y'all start to get my little boy with some of these conversations that we having up in here, my brother. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and and by the way, uh, and and I'll and I'll let Jamie go through this roll call before we get into our polls and everything. Jamie, you want to shout out uh, some of the uh, pan hair? We've had multiple. Every time I look at my timeline this week, we've got in the month of January, we've Somebody. got all these anniversaries. So go ahead, Jamie, since, since you're the uh, pan hair representative over here, go ahead and shout out everybody with the anniversary this month. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. January 9th. 1914, the Bruz, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. That's that's me, Blue Five Roy. You, hey, if you were on, I know you'd be shouting back. Uh, of course, uh, this week uh, it was wow, everybody <laughs> almost all, all like, the females. The, it seemed like <laughs> yeah, at the school. Um, shout out to the uh, ladies of Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Their Founders Day was today. Um, on the 13th, which was Friday, the uh, ladies of Delta Sigma Theta, Sorority Incorporated, um, uh, was on Friday. And, of course, tomorrow, tomorrow, the ladies, the ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, their founders day. So, hey, man, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been crazy. It has been crazy. But um, the Divine Nine and those organizations have given so much um, I know our motto, Brotherhood, Scholarship, and Service, you know, and somewhere around all of those, um, um, we have those mandates to give back and to continue um, having our causes go forward and helping uh, where we can. So definitely to all uh, that uh, had their Founders Day this week and, and through the month of January, hey, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to uh, and happy Founders Day to all of those organizations. Uh, the most serious to my heart uh, today, they for Alpha Kappa Alpha Incorporated. Uh, my mom was an AKA silver uh, line to cross over at Norfolk State University. Uh, she on the first line, but you know that's a sore subject. Uh, God rest her soul, you know, but anyway, that she should have been, you know, anyway, she's on, she's like in every line of her alumni chapter in Indianapolis, Indiana, remember those mom always at those monthly meetings, like clockwork, never missed them. Uh, that, that love for her sorority runs deep. Uh, my sister led off, off to her. Uh, she joined uh, post grad, but uh, she she became a big part of that chapter, and she's moved, been a part of those, those other chapters. But um, 
just uh, is this just uh, you know Happy Founders Day to to all the the beautiful ladies uh, of, of Alpha Kappa Alpha. I got family that's uh, Deltas, Zetas, uh, our own uh, Melody Edwards. Uh, she's a Z Phi. Uh, Rose, uh, no. so I mean, yeah. Yeah. no, no, please you know? say no, 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 no. Sigma Gamma, right? Sigma Gamma, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, let me get that, SG Row, what I, okay, whatever I said, don't repeat it, just, just, just leave it, I won't, okay, okay, you didn't hear whatever, you didn't hear what you heard, uh, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that, so, okay, Moving on, can we get to can we get to ba- uh, basketball in the top five before I get hate mail from some sorority? Let's get to the poll. organization. Get to the Last thing I need is women throwing hate mail at me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I want or need. I need love mail, not hate mail. Okay, um, let's start with the let's start with the uh, tie for Division One. This is week number three of our rankings. You know. People are still trying to how these rankings work, guys. These are computer-generated rankings. You know, I'll get messages on some of the some of the accounts, and they say, "How is so and so not number one?" I like, I don't know. Ask the computer. It says that maybe it's their strength of schedule. Maybe it's maybe it's the non-conference. For no reason, they're number one yet. Okay, have to practice. Now these were put together uh, as of going into last, the 14th. And these are through January 14th. Through the, through, so they through don't last that were played today. And, and can I get right. those January updates 14th. on the Division One level? Can what now? I was going to say uh, we start with Division One women, correct? Yes. All right. Uh, two, two updates that are not included on these Rankings are Delaware defeated North uh, North Carolina A&T 69-52. These are women's scores that I'm about to get. And I don't even know how to explain this score in college basketball. Hampton defeated, is that UNC Wilmington, Jamie? It says UNCW. Okay. Yes, UNC Wilmington. 38-34? That looked like a one eight basketball game right there. <laughs> <laughs> they playing four quarters, right? Quarters. <laughs> was the game called? I don't I mean, know. Anyway, I'm like, I, they had shot clock on. That looked like free shot clock. That was a like less than 10, 10 points a quarter, man. That that had to be brutal to sit through. Coach through to stat through. I mean, that's brutal. A lot of misses. But that uh, all right. So that that loss that loss right there brings a six game winning streak to halt for North Carolina A and T State. Yeah, they were they were what tied for first or in first uh, in the Colonial were, yeah, up, uh, up until still. Yeah, still tied. I think Drexel lost, so they're still tied for first. The uh, both five okay. sitting five and one. If this is updated on the CAA site, if, if everything is updated. All right, let's get to the NCAA Division One top five. Uh, of course, for the first consecutive week, the number one team, uh, the North State Spartans, 
Nope, that's Ed Reed. Uh, there we go. Uh, Norfolk State Spartans, 15-3. Uh, the fighting cat. Uh, anyway, the uh, Spartans are fifth. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help but do that. It's that rattler in me that just you see a wildcat going wild. I just can't myself. But anyway, Norfolk State is uh, 15-3, 3-0 and in the MEAC. Uh, as mentioned, the Aggies are number two. Uh, they were nine and five uh, as of this graphic, but now they are nine and six, five and one. Uh, Morgan's number three now, uh, nine and six, two and zero oh in the MEAC. Jackson State suffered their first loss against a SWAC opponent, uh, regular season and tournament for the first time in forty games. They dropped to six and eight, three and one in conference play. Bethune Cookman, yikes. Uh, despite the four and ten record, they're through in the slat, and so you know I know that'll agitate a lot of people. I'm sure when you see a four and ten team, but you know we we should understand how all that works itself out. Uh, and as you see from last week, um, Bethune Cookman new to the top five, Jackson State coming up from five to four despite the loss. All right, let's move over to. Division two. And over on the Division Two side, uh, again for another consecutive week. I don't know if it's the third consecutive week. This is our week three. But Tuskegee Golden Tigers come in at 14 and 3, unbeaten 11 0 in SD. Uh, followed up closely by West Virginia, who moved up. In the polls this week, 13 and 2 overall, 8 and 2 record. Savannah State dropped to 11 and 3, 6 and 3. Of course, they had their home uh, win streak snapped, but they're still one of the top teams in the SIC. How about Lane College, 10 and 4, 6 and 2 in conference, holding steady at fourth. And Miles comes in to the poll for the first time, week 9 and 4, all 5 and 3. Uh, so top four teams kind of stay in order. Miles is new. You can see kind of in the hunt. A host of teams having pretty good seasons. Lincoln PA, uh, to pay attention to that team. Um, uh, that is that the is that the correct Lincoln PA, Drew? Because I know yes. that should be Lincoln. Yeah, okay. CIAA yeah. Lincoln PA, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, that would. Yeah, okay. I had a brain fart there. I had to make sure because I didn't see other CIAA teams. And that would be the highest ranking CIAA team right now. Winston Salem, uh, right there behind them at nine and six overall, five and two. But Distribia, uh, are they an independent school? No, they are in. I'll tell you what conference they are in in just a moment, but, but keep going. Uh, Elizabeth City and Fayetteville State of. The, the uh in the hunt if, if this were a top 10 poll they would be nine and ten top 10 while drew looks that up uh jamie any any comments thus far when you look at these rankings on the women's side from the ncaa division they, one or division two they are at the east coast um, conference okay honestly just just um the quality of basketball being played right now. First of all, let me give shout-outs to all of those 
um, media corporations that are putting out such great content um, and just just broadcasting when it comes to these games. We give, you know, shout out to HBCU Go, HBCU League Pass Plus. Like, I, I, I love what I see. Absolutely loving what I see. But just the quality of basketball in general, uh, man, it, I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing because you can see the emphasis on just high-quality ball and the push to be better seeds going into the tournament, those especially on the Division One level where you got, you got multiple teams that are bidding, you know, to, to be known. And when it comes to, you know, tournament time, you know, I, I hope – the quality of ball is making a difference, uh, especially on the Division One level where you got, you know, Norfolk State up there. You got Jackson State um, doing this thing who suffered a loss to, I think, Prairie View the other day. Um, just just high-quality games. Uh, and, and on the Division Two level, I love what Savannah State is doing right now. I mean, they, they were the heat a few years ago, and they're continuing to keep that train going, man. So kudos to those programs. Yeah, yeah. Um... Keep preaching discipline, folks. Coaches, fans, keep keep encouraging these kids. Stay disciplined and stay focused. The more teams that we can see in the postseason, the better. And usually at the day, the teams that advance are the teams that are the more disciplined teams. All right, let's last women's poll is our NA poll, and that has been our most fluid. Uh, a lot of shakeup there on the NAIA level. All right, and I'm going to go over this one, uh, Brian, on this one because uh, there's a couple of corrections to the graphic that should be made. The records are not corrected on the graphic, but the rankings are in the right order. So I'm going to give those with the with the correct records. In, in the hunt on the women's side is Steelman. Coming in at 12 and 5, 4 and 4, 64, 64 points. Xavier, 9 and 6, 4 and 4, 58 points. And Wiley, 10 and 4, 1 and 2 in conference with 57.58 points. Coming in at number 5 is Fisk. Fisk is 7 and 5, 2 and 1. And they have accumulated 66.1 points. Coming in at number four is Langston, 12 and 5, 4, 12 and 5, 71.19 points. Coming in at number three is Philander Smith, 10 and 3, 2 and 1, 75.2 points. Coming in at number two is Florida Memorial. 10 and 5, 7 and 1, 80.6 points. And our new number one this week is the Bearcats of Russ College coming in at 9 and 3, 3 and 0 in conference, 87.8 points. Also, give us some updates to, uh, from some scores today, Brian. In the GCAC, these games were not counted in this graphic. Russ defeated Oakwood 70 to 50, so that brings them to 10 and 3, 7 and 1. And Tougaloo defeated uh, Southern University at New Orleans 68 48, does not affect our rankings. Wiley, who was one of our 
in the Hunt schools. Wiley defeated Dillard 52-48. That brings Wiley to 10-4, 2-2 in conference. And Fisk defeated Philander Smith. So our number five defeated our number three today. 73-63. That brings Fisk to eight and five, three and one, and drops Philander Smith to 10 and four, two and two in conference. So we'll make those updates to the graphic before we uh post those to Twitter on tomorrow. Right, Twitter and Instagram, both of those will yes. go out tomorrow. So as soon as you get those adjusted, uh, we'll make sure those get posted. All right, let's go over to the men's top five level. A uh, bit of a shakeup in the men's level. Uh, of course, um, last night the number one team lost. Uh, they dropped down to number three. That was Norfolk State. That moved up the team who was number two, Southern University. Got a chance to watch them the other day against um, Grambling, it was, and uh, Southern looks pretty good, uh, coached by um, a Kentucky alum and also Indianapolis Cathedral High School alum, uh, Sean Woods. Um, so uh, they move up, uh, still unbeaten in the SWAT, 5-0. and oh. And uh, I, I saw some of his post-game comments, and uh, they talk about being the hunters. So it's like, okay. Go get them. Go eat. So, you know, Southern, watch out for Southern. Number two, interesting. Morgan State comes from out of the non-ranked bottom out of the top five all the way up to number two. Good week for the Morgan State Bears. Um, North Carolina Central is steady at number four. And Grambling dropped from three down to five after the tough road loss to Southern. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore, Alcorn State, Howard, uh, who got a big, who got a win, controversial for many, uh, against Norfolk State, are also in the hunt. Is there a is there a, a a game on NBA TV tomorrow for MLK Day in Division One level? I know there's a game on Fox. The Howard and Warhouse game is on Fox Sports. Not sure if there's an NBA TV game. I don't think so. Okay, I know they did that last year yeah. with uh, with a special game on MLK. I think it was M, or maybe it was the All Star Weekend when they did that game. I know that I know there'll be some games uh, doing All Star Weekend on NBA TV, but Fox Sports has gave you in addition to I believe HBCU Go has some games tomorrow, and HBCU League Pass Plus will have some games tomorrow. And Brian, it was interesting yesterday. And this is kind of a sidebar, but along the same subject. I was at the Albany State Benedict game. And while I was at the game, I had the Morehouse Savannah State game on my iPad. And there were a couple of people uh, there just amazed that I quickly was able to find the game and have it up on the iPad while I was there working the Albany State game. And I guess I think one of the referees, this was during the women's game, one of the referees for the men's game recognized me and asked me about a game that they had did, one of the Benedict games. And then I quickly showed him where the link to 
the Benedict game was because, you know, referees like to watch themselves also to critique themselves. So being able to show that. But it was just kind of interesting. How many people do not realize how much of this content is out there? And all you have to do is know where to go find it. And I was just showing people, showing people. Obviously, I started with stuff on Black College Sports Network first. But then I was showing them what some of the other stuff was, too. Because, I, you know, we go with Black College and HBCU League Pass Plus first. But we are aware of the other ones and do have to watch the other ones so that we can report on them uh, accurately. Great point. Great point. Uh, Jamie, any thoughts there on the uh, on the men's top five teams in the hunt? Nah, so far so good. I'm looking for Howard to move up, um, you know, in the rankings, and we'll see where they end up. Controversial uh, win at Norfolk State, uh, you know, as we've seen that kind of bantied about in the discussions. But um, you know, uh, just quality ball. I'll just go back to to you know what I said earlier. Um, you know, we're we're getting down to the clutch now when it comes to uh, basketball. So. Uh, Curious to see how how conference play will go. Uh, I I did make a bet on another show that Southern and Grambling will be two of the men's basketball teams to make it to the uh, final. Um, did I say the final eight or the final four? I'm trying to see what these guys are going to hold me to. Uh, hopefully, the final eight, and that I didn't say final four. Uh, uh, Final no, eight is making I, a I tournament, Brian. Yes, yes, that that's why I said I'm least. I'm, but anyway, no, I think I said I I said okay. Here's the bet. I said Southern and Grambling would be two of the top four seeds going into the SWAC men's tournament. That was the, that was the bet. So I'm saying it here too. Southern and Grambling will be two of the top four seeds. Hold them to that. You know, I'm not saying they're gonna go to the semifinals or the champion. I'm just saying when the seeding comes out, you see Southern and Grambling in the top four. Period. Don't hold me to anything else. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh let's go to division two, Drew. How about number one again? West Virginia State, 15-1 and record, 7-1 and in conference play uh, by a wide margin over the number two team who moved up from 5-2. to two. That's Miles College. They're in 4-4-0 in the SIC. A uh, pair of Virginia schools coming in at 3-4. and four. Virginia State drops from 2-3. to three. They are 12-5, and 4-1 in conference. And Union comes out of the uh, non-ranked in the hunt category into the number four spot. Tuskegee, uh, who uh, I believe they may have lost, Drew, if I'm not correct. Yes, they lost uh, last night. Yesterday. Oh, yesterday afternoon, yes. Dropped from her down to five. In the hunt, you've got Kentucky State, Claflin, uh, stay awake. Claflin 12-3, four and three in conference play, Lemoyne. Uh, Jamie, do you know who the head coach of Lemoyne Owens is? This was a trivia question yesterday. Bonzi Wells. Oh, you answered that kind of clue. So good, good job. Uh, Savannah State <laughs> yeah, and Winston yeah. Salem State. Yeah, that was pretty 
be good. Uh, I, I think either I or Drew struggled with that one yesterday. I don't know who asked the question, I, I, but whoever asked struggled. I asked you, Brian. You asked struggled. struggled? Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. You asked and I struggled. Okay. I, I figured it was something like that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Going over to the NIA men's level. Uh, before you get five. that, Brian, before you give NAIA, oh, okay. I, I, I want to give you yeah. the scores from the GCAC yes. for today. Okay. Because these, okay. these are not reflected in, in the scores. Uh, Russ defeated Oakwood, 88-57. And Tougaloo defeated Suno, 87-64. Games that will be played tonight, Dillard and Wiley. We're widely at Dillard and Philander Smith at uh, yeah, excuse me, Philander Smith at Fisk, and you know that's the that's the last of the GCAC roundup for the weekend. They've got a roundup in Nashville held at Fisk, and they've got another one held at Dillard also this weekend as they brought the teams there for kind of a pod play and kind of good because it gives them their tournament atmosphere three games in three days just like you go doing the tournament so gca teams should be well prepared for the tournament as they would do their pod I, I know at least one other time if not two other times this season go ahead uh with the uh NAIA let me ask Brian. this though and I, I i'll i'll maybe i'm maybe i'm stirring the pot here uh do we like the pods i mean we are now i mean originally when pods came out we thought because of the covid it was a good thing but now that we're I'm not going to say COVID is gone, but now that we're past a lot of the COVID-type restrictions, uh, are we simply taking away home games and opportunities to sort of, you know, have these contests at home and give true home and road advantages when you do these pod things? Uh, Your thoughts, Drew, and then Jamie. I like it. When you're dealing with limited resource institutions, such as a lot of our NAIA schools are, I mean, let, let's think about the GCAC. Most of our schools in the GCAC are limited resource. Think about geographically, if you are a Fisk who has to travel to Wiley to play on a it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday game or a Monday game because if it's a Saturday game essentially you're leaving on Thursday to get to that game because you're going to travel all day Friday by bus to get to to get to uh, the Dallas area for for that game against Wiley or vice versa and the same thing if you play it on a Monday night well, you're gonna. It's gonna be Wednesday before those kids are back in class. Let's be real, because you're gonna spend all day Monday night and it's a Tuesday driving back to Nashville. Let's be real. You can't expect those kids to go to class after being on on that bus. Even though, you know, I've I've had to do it when I was coaching uh, at Tuskegee when we Kentucky State was our furthest trip at that point in time, and we would get in five, sometimes six o'clock in the morning. And as the lowest coach on the totem pole, 
I was the one who had to go through and check and make sure those kids was in them nine o'clock classes while the rest of the coaches slept until we had practice that afternoon at four or five o'clock. So, uh, but yeah, it, I do, I do see the benefits of it as long as you rotate the pods accordingly, you know, there needs to be a pod down in Texas. You've got, you've got one in Nashville. Got the one in, you got one in New Orleans, and you've got you gotta have one in the either Huntsville or, or Arkansas or Mississippi, one of one of these other spots. As long as you rotate these pods accordingly and everybody has a fair chance, but be it over one year, be it over two years to actually host these pods, I have no problem with it. Jamie, what's your what's your take on pods? Um, I don't mind um, because, in, in fact, and I'll kind of take this back to a t for a second when it comes to um, their football scheduling, having two um, permanent partners and then rotating the rest of the, um, um, the schedule. They kind of have their own pods. I don't mind it, especially when it comes to what AD was talking about, uh, the low resource institutions and making it easier both academically um, and um, financially uh, to be able to, to pull off an entire season. Uh, I like it. Uh, it gives some continuity. It also gives the ability to be able to, to not put um, the institution in, in a strain. Um, but also, hey, you got to go win uh, those games um, in the subsect that you're in. Uh, it, it's about winning. So, you know, I like it. I happen to like it. One other thing, Brian, I think this is a setup to get coaches and people in the right frame framework. UVI comes into the conference next year. And this is probably going to be how UVI is going to get their games in is via this pod system. So let's go through, let's do it this year. Let's work out this kinks. What we have We've got eight teams in the conference now, so basically you're going to have nine teams, so you're going to have to play pods of three, 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 and three. And somewhere, somebody ultimately will probably have to travel to UVI. Can you imagine each team in the GCAC having to play <laughs> a road game at UVI? Hell, who's UVI's travel partner going to be? Because I don't care what it is, you have to fly. To the Virgin Islands, you, you, that there's no bus company that's going to take you to the Virgin Islands. So this may be thing, and it will help UVI out on their travel because they're kind of used to it. They fly to the states and then they bus around the United States and play their games out anyway. But this may be a precursor to what they're going to be doing next year with the with UVI coming in, and hopefully they'll get a 10th team into the conference because that'll be, that'll bring them to nine or so that everyone stays. Cause you know, at 10, that means you become a double bid conference and a double bid conference means you get two turn, you get two tournament bids in basketball. That means you get your conference, your tournament champion plus your regular season champion. And if your regular season champion is the tournament champion, then you get to send your second place team. Now, that's up to the conference whether they send their tournament runner-up or their regular season runner-up. So hopefully we can get to that 10th team in the GCAC. All right. 
Uh, speaking of the NAIA level that the GCAC is in, let's finish out the top five men's with a GCAC team that is now sitting in the number one spot after, of course, as mentioned, Langston's loss on Saturday on the road, which dropped them uh, to 16-1 and one and the three spot, actually. Tougaloo, uh, Tougaloo moved up to uh, number one with a 14-1 record. You know, in conference play, Dillard. We haven't seen Dillard in the rankings in a while, long time. It's been a few years probably for Dillard, but uh, they seem to be uh, on the upward trend as they moved up to number two. They are ten and one overall, three and zero in conference play. Uh, we already mentioned Langston. The Lander Smith dropped a spot three to four, and Xavier stays at five with Stillman in the hunt. So that's the top five in the NAIA. And again, we'll post all of these top fives with the corrected scores and, and records through January 14th. That's Saturday night. So none of the games from Sunday or Monday will be there. So when you see the tweet and if you're on Instagram, when you see that go out, don't freak out. You know, there'll be people in the comments complaining. How is so-and-so number one? They just lost on Monday. That's because you look at it Tuesday. People don't. People don't. What we have to do, Drew, is after the little note down there in the bottom underneath where it says the ranking, put like games played through Sunday, Sunday whatever, whatever. Just a thought. I, I type that, and I'm sure you do too, but... You know, when we send these out, we, we type them out. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's kind of wrap up for tonight. Uh, uh, you, anything that we missed or anything you want to uh, uh, add as we get ready to hit the door? Did you say B? Uh, I thought I said Jamie, but I, I give Jamie. Oh, okay. Because you – because you, cause you chop right when you I call one of our names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Thank, thanks. Thanks. Um, thanks, 5G. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, they um, owe you for no, one. That's what no. I will tell you. <laughs> You're crazy. But um, um, nothing much, man. I'm just excited to see um, really where, where this goes. This basketball season has been fast and furious and to kind of um, – to kind of quote uh, or paraphrase a, a Stephen A. Gaither, um, I tweeted out something about, you know, uh, Miak Swack and, and um, you know, the media days loading uh, for football. He said, man, watch out for the, the, this basketball that's being played, man. Don't forget about it. You know, be a fan. So I'm excited about what the basketball, uh, even though I'm a football head, um, what these basketball teams are doing out here, man, and just just continuing the HBCU path. And baseball practice is is, is getting in. Baseball and softball, you know, About three weeks it's away. coming three up. Three weeks away. Yeah, absolutely. So just looking forward to continuing the mission. All right, Drew, what do you got to close it down for tonight? Hey, if you've been going to these conference athletic websites over the last week or so, Guys, tournament ticket packages on sale. So check out your favorite conference 
make your travel plans and pick up your conference tournament tickets. Go ahead and get your packages. Some of them are very reasonably priced. I would get them now because before they jack up the prices. If you haven't gotten hotels in that area, should you need a hotel? I suggest you do that now while rooms are readily available for uh, for, for those conference tournaments. Uh, Jamie kind of stole my thunder with the basketball, I mean, with the baseball thing, but baseball and softball are getting ready to start up real soon. And just the smell of the freshly cut grass, you know, that first cut of the year, and just how you get that that aura in the air when you get that first cut and then what that first rain on top of that first cut man can't wait on it you know that's what i like baseball season i don't like when the mosquitoes come out i don't like when the sun start beating on top of this bald head right here y'all can keep that part of it you know but that first part and i about the i really don't i like it's about March is what i like because february you know, it, you got to bundle up. It's cold outside. You know, baseball not meant to be played when it's 35 degrees outside. Just want to say that. But, uh, hey, this is Dr. King, the Dr. King holiday. Today is his official birthday, January 15th, 1929. And tomorrow we celebrate the holiday. So let's remember what we have made this holiday into. Yes, it's another day off for a lot of us. There's some of us who have some people who have to work, but for most of us, we have the day off. But the question is, what are you going to do with your day off? Are you just going to stay in the bed and sleep? Or are you going to catch up on some stuff around the house? Or are you going to use this as a day of service like, like this day has been turned into as a day of service? So... Whatever you choose to do, I hope that you are productive with it and do something positive with the day. Jamie, even if it's nothing but being of service to the wife and getting a honeydew list, that is a day of service around the house. So <laughs> what, I call what, it more whatever of a, it is. More of a lifetime of servitude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I don't think but, that's what Dr. King. I don't think that's what Dr. King intended. Uh, but anyway, go ahead, continue, Drew. I don't I, ask ask Coretta about that and see what she say. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do ask everybody to do one thing. Please take a few moments tomorrow if you have kids, or if you have nieces or nephews or other young people. Please take a moment to teach them about somebody besides Dr. King, because Dr. King is not the answer to every black trivia question. Teach them about somebody else, but also teach the importance of a Dr. King. Great point, great point, Drew. Uh, solid to all of you. I want to thank everybody on uh, Facebook, on YouTube for engaging with us. Uh, Please share the stream. Let people know about our show. Let them know about the Black College Sports Network. Uh, we continue to try to uh, bring more coverage of basketball, men and women, see basketball uh, online. As baseball and softball season come, uh, it'll be here before you know it, and we'll be broadcasting uh, for 
those sports as well. If you or someone you know is interested in covering and talking more about softball and baseball, email info at my you cutting out, Brian. JBN.com. I'm going to repeat that, Brian. That was info at myjbn.com. Yeah, my, my signal's going back. It was a bad time to be doing promo. Thanks again to, uh, thanks again to a wide network provider uh, for once again now, crapping now on my in. evening. Uh, now you so coming I, in again, clear. I'll say, I get it. I get it. So anyway, I, I will say info at myjbn.com. If you know somebody or yourself are interested in providing some extra coverage uh, with us this year in softball and baseball, we'd love to uh, to talk with you uh, uh, being a part of the network and what we are doing. Because uh, just like we're covering basketball, we'll have loads of softball and baseball games upcoming in the next few months. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, appreciate everybody for watching. Go download the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you download and listen to Pod. We're on Amazon Music, Spotify, Art, uh, Google, and Apple Podcast is where you can find us. So, uh, Jamie Walker, Jamie, we appreciate you joining us and hanging in with us tonight uh, for AD. AD, nice job. Uh, remember, folks. Uh, sometimes it's, sometimes you just got to laugh and, uh, these are just jokes out here. Don't take everything so serious. And, um, you know, let's just stay calm. Let 23 into 22 all over again. And let's just kind of see how the week plays out. How about that? That's going to do it for the BCS sports wrap. Thanks for watching and listening. And for Jamie, AD. I'm Brian. Peace out. Happy King Day, everybody. Wahala. Well,